0: hello everyone welcome in to living liberty today i'm your host charlie earl this is episode 37 we're calling it bits and glitter you'll understand why as we go forward uh, let's begin by discussing tyranny i know popular topic isn't it and a scary one in a way Anytime you have a sense of purpose, a sense of self direction, anytime you believe in and live in liberty, any aspect of tyranny is a frightening and challenging prospect. But when we look at tyranny, let's look at it in the sense that it comes in many different colors. Clearly, the government imposed type of tyranny. We're all familiar with, even uh, when we see it offshore. We've seen it in the former Soviet Union. We see it in China. We see it in many nations across the globe. And at many different levels, degrees, and levels of intensity, we even see it here in the United States. I would argue as an economic purist, a free market purist, that licensing alone Is a form of tyranny. What it does, it restricts some people from getting involved in certain professions where they might be skilled or artful, and they're limited because of licensing requirements and things of that nature. That's a small but soft tyranny. But nevertheless, it does restrict people in their ability to do what they believe compelled to do. Another type of tyranny is the culturally enforced type of tyranny. Uh, What that means is, and that's what we're going through in spades right now in the USA, probably in the UK and the EU and who knows where else, but that's where the culture takes a turn or a shift that allows certain things— to go unchallenged, and other things to be challenged consistently and continually. Uh, The wokeism, the political correct speech, things of that nature. I would recommend to you a book by Rod Dreher, says, Live Not by Lies, and I would recommend that to you. Uh, I found it informative. I haven't completed it yet, but I'm working my way through it and it discusses in depth what cultural tyranny does to people, and basically what it boils down to is the human desire to belong, to be part of a group, and anytime this group comes up with arbitrary or cultural prohibitions and taboos, we tend to go along so we aren't ostracized and isolated away from the herd, if you will, or away from our pack. And so it's a very powerful type of tyranny. And even those of us who grew up in what we thought was a formerly free nation back in the 40s and 50s and early 60s, nevertheless, I lived under it from a small rural community where there were certain cultural prohibitions and assumptions that we were expected to live by uh, if we wanted to live harmoniously and not be ostracized or isolated away from the community. There's also economic uh, tyranny, a coercion, if you will, through the economic process, and that's tied in to a degree with the cultural, and we're seeing it now as some of the major corporations uh, headquartered here in the United States and offshore, are enforcing the cultural tyranny, and they're doing it by uh, limiting what we can say and what we can do, and where they put their money, and where they put their action, and where they put their emphasis. But they also do it in in other ways as well, uh, economic coercion. I think of all the small mom and pop stores that have been squeezed out by the Walmarts of the world. Uh, They come in, and it's an economic tyranny and coercion as they basically undersell through their volume discounts and beating up on their vendors, I might add, and forcing the mom-and-pops out of business who don't have the margin. A mom-and-pop store can't operate on a half percent or three-quarters of a percent. They need more than that, on a net in order to survive. And so the Walmarts come in and tyrannically, in a sense, force economic coercion on the local communities. And, and that's why I would add that I believe that the future of America economically, and at least on the retail sector, uh, lies in the dollar stores. They're going into smaller communities that Walmart hasn't yet approached, and they are providing a full-service aspect. No, it's not the broad uh, availability of items and choices that you would find in a Kroger or a Walmart or a Meijer or things of that nature, but nevertheless, they do have the staples, and uh, they're, they're... seeming to find their own niche, replacing uh, the old mom-and-pop stores of days gone by. There's also a type of tyranny which I think is the most dangerous, the most deadly, and that's the personally limited tyranny. That's where we look at all the other factors, the government, the culture, economics of the whole thing and we decide in our own minds we reason I guess you could say we reason that's why I think logic often fails us when we should work from the heart because if we follow all logic then we yield to every force that's put upon us that we feel we can't defeat And that is a logical thing. When you're outnumbered two to one, three to one, four to one, five million to one, ten million to one, logic tells you you have no frickin' chance. And so you back off and you concede and you yield. We too often as individuals personally limit ourselves and our capacity to live freely and in the realm of liberty. We reason too much, and that sounds awful. Someone who has read, enjoyed, and thoroughly uh, accept a lot of Anne Ayn Rand's uh, observations. Nevertheless, I think they are limited. Yes, reason is valuable. Reason is important. There are certain things you don't want to do, like jumping off the top of a barn without any means of slowing or halting your flaw, fall or having something at the bottom that's soft to land on, it's reasonable not to do that, which is why we admonish our 8, 9, 10, and 13-year-olds not to do it because it's unreasonable and they could end up hurting themselves uh, maybe drastically. But nevertheless, reason stops short there are certain elements of our life that require more than reason, requires going right down into our hearts and very souls to capture what it is to be human. And beyond that, beyond just the sense of our humanity, what does it mean to be you or me? Who am I? Okay, that's a question that's perplexed humankind forever. If you wanna get lost in the philosophical weeds, so many philosophers have tried to examine that. And they've come up with all kinds of explanations for our humanity or who we are and what we are and what we stand for. Goes from the purely scientific to where we're just a bunch of intersecting, interacting neurons. Uh, Going through our whole bodies of electrical energy, that's fine. But the point is, we are sentient too. We have a capacity beyond that of our dogs who who love us as long as we feed them. And even when we don't, they have an expectation of being fed, so they're going to love us. It goes beyond even the monkeys who still live in trees and still crap and throw poop at each other. Our humanity is one step above the other species, and why is that? Well, we can go back to the source and the origin, and that's something I do, and that's something a lot of people have done, but the bottom line is it comes to where you are today. Why are you like the way you are? What makes you you, and what makes you unique? Even though we have so many things in common, you know, there's a commercial running on television these days, and I don't watch a lot of it, but I do see this commercial saying, I think it's Cleveland Clinic, if I recall correctly, where we all have 206 things in common, and that would be our bone structure. Well, that's a generalization. Not everybody has 206 bones. (laughs) I mean, some of us have some missing and uh, so that but nevertheless, we do share a commonality among other humans. But the bottom line is when it comes down to your soul, into your heart, into your essence, you are unique. I mean, if, if, if you don't feel like you're unique, um, I, I urge you and, and beg you to look at your own unique values because that's where your liberty resides i want to recommend a couple of articles to you as we come to the end of the show here uh one of the columns i read frequently i read a number of different columns but one i read frequently is doug casey's international man Um, i don't buy everything that i read in every column but i try to take an amalgam or a a comprehensive look when I put them all together, and Doug's latest column from Friday is called "A Battle for Monetary Supremacy Between Gold, Bitcoin, and Fiat." And in many respects, uh, he and I agree—at least on the fiat aspect of it. It's a—it's a—it's fake. It's paper. It does carry an intrinsic value in the sense that so much paper in exchange for wheat or corn or gasoline or real estate or whatever, it has, a, it has a value of some sort. It transmits a value. It carries a value behind it, but nevertheless, that value is eroding even as we speak. It's called inflation, and uh, so I'd urge you to read that column by Doug. And another one I read rather frequently is uh, called Rogue Economics. And the one from, let's see if I can find it here. Yes, from Saturday. Uh, Rogue Economics, Saturday, April 17th. There's a a column in there by Tika Tiwari from the Palm Beach Daily. It's fascinating um, about his life story. And I think you would find it fascinating as well if you wanted to look at it. But he comes up with what he says, three habits to achieve the American dream. Well, these are pretty obvious, but nevertheless, they're worth reminding ourselves about them. Number one is live on less than you earn. And given the prospects of our future economy and our future lifestyles, that's probably great advice. The second habit, he says, is maximize your ability to earn from your current job. So whatever it is you're doing now, do it better. Maximize your ability to earn. And the third aspect that he talks about, if I haven't lost it here, the third aspect he talks about is finding other streams of income. And I would recommend that to all of you now. If you have a hobby or a passion that you like to play with on the side, turn it into an economic engine for you. Might be a tiny engine, might be a single stroke, but at least work it out, get other streams of income. Well, we'll talk more about that next week, but that's Living Liberty for today. Remember, live free and be free. I'm Charlie Earle.